was the bottom of the ninth with McGuire up the bat. Feeling so at home in my giant ace cap. I was eight years old, wearing gold and green. From my head to my toes, rap game Billy Bean. She was my first kiss, but I don't think it counts. On the kindergarten trip to the Oakland Firehouse. Sitting in the stands with her family. With the baseball glove her dad handed me. As the season unfolded, we held our breath. Watching Ricky Henderson, the quickest runner in the West. Hello, and welcome to the podcast Jokestrap with Wes Hoffman. Here, Wes will discuss two of his favorite things, which are sports and stand-up comedy. Hence the name Jokestrap. If you like this episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes, or wherever podcasts are available. With that being said, please enjoy this episode of Jokestrap. Hey everybody, welcome to Jokestrap. This is episode number 94. This is Wes Hoffman. Thank you very much for listening. Recording date is June 5th, 2021. Uh, It's been a couple weeks since I've last had an episode. Uh, last weekend was fairly busy. I, uh, I went to three baseball games with my uncle, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, we went uh, Friday. Uh, what was that? Friday, whatever Friday a week ago was. Uh, Friday the 28th, Sunday, May 30th, and then Monday, May 31st. Uh, we went to Sacramento. Well, we're in Sacramento. But uh, we went to the games in Sacramento for the River Cats against the visiting Las Vegas Aviators, which are the Oakland A's affiliate. So we wanted to see the A's affiliate as much as we could. So we saw them on those three days. Um, the games we went to, the River Cats won on the Friday, and then the Aviators won on the Sunday and Monday that we went to. Um, overall, the it's six-game series this year, and... Uh, in the minor leagues uh, since they're trying to limit travel. So they're doing these six-game series, which seem like a lot, like forever sometimes. Um, so they started their series on Thursday and then concluded on Tuesday. So River Cats took the games Friday and Tuesday, but the Aviators won Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So they get the, the win of the series four games to two. Over the River Cats for the, you know, AAA Bay Area, what do you call it? The Bay Area, uh, damn, I can't remember what they call that. The Bay Area, the Battle of the Bay, there we go. Couldn't think of it, couldn't think of it. Anyway, so that's sort of the Bay Area, sort of the Battle of the Bay for AAA is what I'm trying to say. Whoa, that's a rhyme. Anyway, um, so yeah. Uh, fun times at the ballpark uh, with my uncle. Uh, hot weather, though, definitely on Sunday and Monday. We were sitting in the sun most of the time, uh, up to 100-degree temps in Sacramento. Luckily, we weren't moving much, but uh, we did eventually move to the shade in both games around the seventh inning um, as it became to be a little bit too much to bear. But uh, neither of us, it appears, got sunburned, so we did a good job keeping care of ourselves we didn't get dehydrated or anything so we did a good job uh we're headed back to another game tomorrow june 6th uh for the stockton ports in stockton um it's a 209 game they play at 209 their day games early in the season uh because their area code is 209 i think that's kind of a neat thing to do uh so yeah uh, we're going to the ports game tomorrow against the lake elsinore storm uh the ports are going to be a little different to watch this year than they were uh when we last went two years ago, just because the whole California League uh, 
is now a low A ball club as opposed to a high A ball club, um, as is the whole division. So, so it's going to be a little different, just the level of play, you know, and stuff like that. So sometimes you won't see the best prospects, but the ports do currently have the top prospect, Tyler Soderstrom, a catcher that they drafted, and uh, looking forward to seeing him play tomorrow. Hopefully he does play. Um, anyway, alrighty. So, uh, what is there to talk about? Uh, there's probably a lot to talk about. There's probably a lot I should cover in this episode. Uh, I don't know how much I'm going to remember, but here we'll go. Um, let's first off start with uh, the Oakland A's stadium situation. Um, don't know if it was discussed on this podcast or not. I honestly don't know. I should probably look up what I talked about last time so I don't fucking repeat myself here. Let me just look up the description. <laughs> it's not there, Wesley. Um, no, the description of the last episode, just so I know what I'm doing. I appear somewhat professional here. Let's see. Okay, last time I talked about my 10-run rule idea. Um, do, 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 do. Okay, yeah, so I don't think this was mentioned. Anyway, so um, MLB has... Uh, pretty much told the A's to start looking elsewhere to uh, build a ballpark because uh, the city council has taken a long time to decide whether or not they want the A's to stay in Oakland and stuff like that. Uh, there is going to be a vote happening July 20th, a huge vote. So hopefully they vote yes and the A's can stay in Oakland. The mayor has voiced her opinion. The mayor of Oakland has voiced her opinion to keep the A's in Oakland. Let's see how much power she has. Let's see if what she says actually happens. I hope, I hope, I hope. I should probably write to some of these city council people now that I'm thinking about it just to voice my opinion. Couldn't hurt, right? Um, anyway, hopefully they stay in Oakland. But in the meantime, to sort of put pressure on the situation, uh, MLB has informed the A's, hey, let's start looking at some other areas in case you know this doesn't work in Oakland. Uh, MLB has told Oakland they don't want them rebuilding at the current site, see, saying it's unsuitable. Um, so the whole idea of demolishing the current Oakland Coliseum and rebuilding there isn't going to work. It's going to be the new ballpark at Howard Terminal at Jekyll and Square or bust, uh, according to the A's. So, and the A's aren't going to sell the team. That's not an option. Anyway, um, so I find it a little strange that the A's can't uh, demolish at the current site and re rebuild there. I understand that um, they want to have like stuff to do in the area. Like they want restaurants, they want, uh, you know, hotels and all this near, near the area, but there's a lot of land there. Um, I feel like the A's could still demolish it, rebuild and build some, you know, restaurants and stuff to make it more fitting to a, a modern day, you know, attraction. But apparently that's not going to fly with the league. They want the waterfront ballpark or nothing. Um, so um, hopefully, like I said, hopefully they get the vote and they could stay in Oakland. Uh, meanwhile, Dave Caval and uh, the ownership of the A's uh, took a trip to Vegas. And uh, even though it makes no sense to me, how uh, moving to Vegas would uh, work for the A's, being that their AAA team is brand spanking new, the Las Vegas Aviators, who I just saw play last weekend. 
their team is brand new, just started in 2019 with their own brand new stadium in Vegas. And under the current conditions, MLB had minor league teams for each uh, affiliate for each of the major league teams have 10-year deals as an affiliate. So meaning Vegas is going to be the A's affiliate for the next 10 years. So if the A's move to Vegas, how does that work? Like, are you actually going to have the major league team and the AAA team, one both in Vegas and both, you know, one being the A's major league and one being the A's AAA, like both in Vegas? I, 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 I don't see how that works. It's never been done. As far as I know, I mean, I know back in the day, the AAA team for the Rockies was in Colorado Springs, but Colorado Rockies were in Denver. So they still weren't in the same city. They were close, yes. Uh, the Giants AAA right now is in Sacramento, but, you know, the Giants are in San Francisco. Close, yes, but not the same city. So I don't know a situation where it's been the same exact city for the AAA and the Major League team. So... I don't know why Vegas is even on the table. But anyway, it's an area they are looking at. Um, so anyway, so Dave Caval, the president of the team, and I guess somewhat part owner of the team, he has just a little tiny sliver of the ownership. Um, he uh, went to uh, a Golden Knights game uh, one of the days he was in Vegas for these meetings. And uh, it was a playoff game. And uh, he decided to post a little clip on Twitter uh, like uh, with some rally towels, and he's like, wow, hashtag Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, Golden Knights game, whatever. And uh, A's fans were pretty fucking livid that he did this. Um, he, uh, I don't think he thought about what he was doing before he tweeted, to be honest. Um, he tweeted that video, um, while an A's game was still going on in Oakland against the Seattle Mariners, A's fans saw it uh, on Twitter while they were at the game. And then there was all of a sudden chance that said, fuck Caval, <laughs> fuck Dave Caval at the Coliseum. You could hear it on TV. It was pretty crazy. Um, and then uh, after the game, uh Dave, not Dave, uh, Brody Brazil and Bip Roberts were doing the A's post game, and they brought up the video that was tweeted by, by the president, and uh, they said, as we know, you know, the A's are in Vegas, and Caval tweeted this, and we were asked to comment on this, and uh, instead, Brazil and Bip Roberts just looked at each other and walked off set and didn't say anything. It was a pretty powerful moment. I like what I like that they did that, made a statement of their own. Um, so yeah, A's fans weren't happy that uh, the president may, would make such a tweet. And also when you are saying uh, with your other Bay Area teams, you know, they have their slogan, the Bay Area Unite. Uh, you're you're kind of, it's kind of a kick in the face to the San Jose Sharks that you're tweeting this. Uh, as, a, as, a, as the A's are still your team, you know, um, I, I couldn't care less if you went to the game. Uh, it's just the fact that he tweeted this video out. Well, why? What's the point? He said eventually it was to sort of pressure the council or to show the council how, what a what kind of crowd that the A's could get with a, a brand new ballpark. That that was that was the angle he was taking, and I think that's a fucking uh, piss poor excuse. 
Um, uh, because it's one is the Golden Knights. It's a hockey team, and uh, it's the fucking playoffs. It's the fucking playoffs. Playoffs are gonna draw. Playoffs draw when the A's play at their current Coliseum. It's full house. It's packed. They have some of the loudest fans. You don't need to go to a Vegas Knights playoff game to prove anything about a crowd. Go to and if you're gonna do that, do a regular season game. If if the point is you're you're trying to show that they can draw a crowd. Go to a regular season game. Playoffs is a whole different animal for every sport. For every sport. For TV and for in person. The numbers are always higher. So the fact that you're trying to display, oh, we can we could draw a lot of people here in Vegas, as you can see from this Vegas Golden Knights game. It, it, shut up. Bad, bad form. Also, uh, the Las Vegas Aviators were still at home. The A's AAA team, they were still at home when he was visiting. Uh, you could have just went to one of their games, seen how the crowd was there, and still have supported the, your, the current team that you're working for without kicking anybody in the nuts by posting a tweet like you did. Come on, Dave. Be better. Not once has he apologized for the tweet. Just some poor excuses about why he did it. It makes no sense to me. I don't get it. it it's, he's doing this political stuff where he's saying, oh, they're on parallel paths now between uh, with Vegas and the A's ballpark. But they're really hoping this A's ballpark, you know, the vote goes through July 20th. And, uh, you know, hopefully they don't have to go the Vegas route. But apparently they're on parallel paths, parallel paths. Kept, kept preaching parallel paths. <laughs> one tweeter, one tweeter, uh, one person I saw on Twitter was like, I'm on a parallel path to saying fuck you, Dave. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, but, yeah, I, whatever, man. It, it's politics. It's business. It's politics. They care more about money than they care about the fans. Sad, sad to say, that's all it is. That's all it is. Do I want the A's to get their new stadium open? You damn skippy. Will I commend Dave if it gets done? Yes, I will. I will say, great job, Dave. But was this a smart decision? Does the tweet have a factor in the whole scenario? Absolutely not. Is somebody on the city council member member group going to say, oh, wow, look at that Vegas crowd in uh and uh, and uh, in Vegas at the Stanley Cup playoff game, did you see how huge that was? What if we had that in Oakland? <gasps> we should get a ballpark <gasps> in Oakland. That totally changed my view. No, no one's gonna fucking say that. And if they do, they they're stupid. That's not big picture. It's not big picture. All right, enough about the A's ballpark. Something else being talked about right now in Major League Baseball is Major League Baseball wants to crack down on the sticky stuff. The sticky stuff. The pine tar. The stuff the pitchers are using to get a better grip on the baseball, but not just a better grip, to get more of a spin rate on the baseball. 
Now, I talked recently how the batting averages in the major leagues were going down. They, you, you, it is so hard to find a 300 hitter anymore. Uh, I think Nick Castellanos has the best average out of anybody right now. He's on a 20-game hit streak. Good job for Castellanos on the Reds. But you used to be able to find at least one 300 hitter on every team. And that was like at the end of the fucking season. We're in June. We're in June, and you can barely find a 300 hitter on. You can't. You can't even find a 300 hitter on every team. The A's were playing the Mariners the other day, and the bottom five guys in the Mariners order were all below 200. They were all below 200. So it is obvious. That what the pitchers are doing, not only are they becoming more powerful and, you know, stronger or whatever they want to say, throwing harder, but the spin rate that they're going after, it's it's definitely helping them miss more bats. The strikeouts are high, um, and the averages are going way down. It's not just a defensive shift. The defensive shift has so little to do with this. So the people that blame the defensive shifts saying, oh, if we just got rid of those, the averages would be so much higher. No, it's not just that. Uh, Dallas Braden uh, recently tweeted that uh, he uh, he tweeted that, you know, you know, stuff like uh, the rosin bag that's been there forever and uh, sunscreen on your face and, you know, going to your head for... I don't know, gel or whatever, or just something. You, if you happen to touch your face and get some sunscreen or gel or whatever, that that's like a, a light beer. But using the pine tar or whatever that you have on your glove and rubbing your hand in, in the glove, like between every fucking pitch, like I see some people do. Hell, I seen Mike Fires do it for the A's. So it's not, you know, it's not like it's not every team. There's there's it's not every pitcher, but I saw John Means do it. Uh, on the Orioles, going to his glove, uh, just rubbing his finger in pine tar a little bit. Um, and it, between every fucking pitch, come on, guys. Uh, some excuses I hear is like, oh, you know, we throw harder these days, and uh, it helps me with my control. So, you know, I don't want to hit guys, so it, it, the, the, the pine tar helps with the control. No, 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 no. Rosenbach, okay, cool. But like, but Dallas Brandon said, he was saying, you know, Rosenbach, sunscreen or whatever, that's like a light beer. Uh, this pine tar, that's, that's like moonshine. It's that big of a difference. So MLB is trying to crack down on this pine tar stuff now um, to help level the playing field and gun on them. I think they should because it's, it's gotten ridiculous. Now, granted, every now and then you get a pitcher that's getting rocked rocked and it's it's hard to figure out like some days <laughs> some days you know uh you'll see a team strike out 20 times at the plate and then the next day they score 10 runs in the first inning i mean what's happening it's obvious some pitchers are using the sticky stuff and some of them aren't also some of them some of it is just, you know, there's a talented pitcher using the sticky stuff, which just ups the ante even more. It, it's, I mean, 
are they going to get to the bottom of this? I don't know. It's going to be difficult. There's so many baseballs used throughout a game. And even Trevor Bauer brought up the point, like, who's to say, like, what if Bauer, like, what if I didn't have any pine tar in my glove, but what if, like, the third baseman had pine tar in his glove, and then, and then, like, you know, I strike somebody out, they throw it around the horn, and all of a sudden now there's pine tar in the baseball. Okay, valid argument. But why the fuck would the third baseman have pine tar in his glove? What's the point of him having pine tar in his glove? Do they need to check every fielder between every innings? Maybe they need to check the gloves between every inning. And then there's something else that's bothering me. And it, it's nothing like, it's nothing as crazy as the pine tar, you know. It, it doesn't, it doesn't have a major effect on the game. But, you know, ever since they've limited these mound visits, um to six a game to try to speed up the game. And anybody that watches baseball consistently, frequently, I'm sure they've seen these instances where a pitcher has a runner on second base and then they don't want the signs to get stolen or whatever. So to avoid these mountain visits, they have these like laminated cards the pitchers do in their hats the catcher usually has one in his back pocket or on his wrist, wrist pad thing, like a NFL quarterback has the plays or whatever. So now they have these cards printed out, like with sequences of what pitches to throw, and then they, they change the sequence uh, when a runner's on base so the runner doesn't get, I guess, figure out what the signs are or whatever. So they do it this way um, to... Uh, uh, prevent having to do all these mound visits. But it, to me, it, it just seems so tacky. It it seems so tacky. There there was a pitcher on the Cardinals the other night. I swear, between every other pitch, he was looking into his hat at this little card. Like, is there no... For pitchers and catchers alike, is there no pre-planning anymore? Is there no studying, studying film... Uh, studying what you want to throw before you throw it, memorizing sequences instead. I thought Yadier Molina was a really good catcher. Like, shouldn't he know this stuff? Like, he shouldn't have to refer to cards or anything. Granted, I know he doesn't want to go out to the mound because he doesn't want to waste the mound visits, but to me, I'd much rather have the mound visit than looking at the cards over and over. I know that outfielders and infielders have these cards too to see where to position themselves for every batter. So after every out, you'll see them looking at their hat and, and then going, adjusting to where they're playing on the field. Damn, dude. Just like, what happened to just like remembering or at least, okay, I can see maybe you have to look in your hat one time through the order, okay? But then once everyone's, once you've got through all nine, you should be able to remember where you were positioned last time they came up to play. Can they not see into the dugout anymore? Can they not have the coaches tell them, hey, move a little to the left, move a little right? They can't do that anymore? They have to rely on these 
laminated cards every time. It just, I don't know, it's like a comedian going on stage and having the notes on the, on the fucking stool and looking at the notes throughout his whole set. That's what it's like to me, looking at this note card. Oh, it's tacky. What are your thoughts on that? Do you care? Does it take away from the game at all when you see that over and over from these pitchers and catchers? I don't know, man. <sighs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that was a lot to take in there. A little bit of ranting by me, but just some thoughts I've had uh, recently. So let's let's look at the, the MLB standings right now. Where, where are we standing here? Hot standing in the standings. Anyway, so uh, let's start with the American League going into today. The Tampa Bay Rays are one game ahead of the Boston Red Sox. All righty then. Uh, in the American League East, we got the Rays, the Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, and then the Orioles. Now, the top four, Rays, Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, are all above 500. So that's a pretty good division right there. Uh, the Orioles are 15 games back. So it's one of those years for the Orioles again. In the AL Central, in a bit of a surprise so far this year, uh, we got the White Sox in first place, four games ahead of the Cleveland Indians, followed by the Royals, and then the Tigers, and then the Twins. Now, I don't think anyone expected the Twins to be this bad, that the Tigers actually have a better record than them as of right now. It's kind of crazy. Uh, the Royals had a really good month of April, fell apart in May, but then had playing well again. So the White Sox, Indians, and Royals in the AL Central, currently above 500. And then in the American League West, the Athletics, the Oakland Athletics are one game ahead of the Houston Astros. And then the Mariners are in third, the Angels, and then the Rangers. Um, so the Athletics and A's are the only two teams above 500 above 500 right now in the AL West. In the National League, you have the New York Mets uh, in first place of the National League East, followed by the Atlanta Braves, Philadelphia Phillies, Washington Nationals, and Miami Marlins. Now, the Mets are the only team above 500, but the last place Marlins are only six games back of first. So that's a very tight division. Uh, when you're playing against teams in your own division, you better kick ass because that's going to mean a lot. Um, and that's for any division, really. But especially right now for the NL East, man, that's going to make a huge difference. Um, the National League Central, Chicago Cubs are in first. One game ahead of the Brewers, Milwaukee. Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, one and a half games ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals. And then five games ahead of Cincinnati Reds. And nine and a half games ahead of the Pittsburgh Pirates. So... We have the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals are all above 500 right now. The National League West. We got the San Francisco Giants, uh, one game ahead of the San Diego Padres, and two games ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And then the Colorado Rockies sit at 13 and a half games back and arguably the worst team in baseball right now. Um, 17 games back. The Arizona Diamondbacks are... 20 and 39. They're 2 and 8 in their last 10 games. They've been on a bad stretch pretty recently. They're 11 and 16 at home, 9 and 23 away. Um, some of these home road records, the Rockies' home road 
differential is crazy. The Rockies are 19 and 13 at home, but they're 4 and 22 when they're not at Colorado. That's pretty bad. Um, Texas is kind of similar. Texas is 14 and 13 at home, and then they're 9 and 23 on the road. So the Orioles are like kind of the opposite, but not not really. They're they're bad both places. They're 9 and 19 at home, and then they're 11 18 away. Ouch. Oh, uh, man. So, that's kind of where we stand. Um. Oh, yeah, one other stat I wanted to throw out in terms of their batting averages and just how bad it is. Not only is it hard to find a 300 hitter in the league, uh, I heard that the overall, the average, the average average, when you combine both the National League and American League, the average batting average is 230. So basically, if you're hitting above 230, you're doing better than average. That's insane. That's insane. It never used to be like that. So what do we do? Do we have to move the mound back a foot? What what does baseball do? I don't know. Hopefully they figure it out. I know they changed the baseball up this year. They supposedly deadened the ball a little bit. Do they have to change the baseball again? I don't know. It's weird, man. It's weird. I don't... I don't. Ugh. It sucks. That's for sure. It sucks. I don't know. All right, guys. That's it. That's going to be it for this episode. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh... I'll talk to you later. Tell me your thoughts. If you're an A's fan, let me know what you think about the stadium. Uh, will it happen? Are you going to write to the council members? Uh, if you got any thoughts upon this whole pine tar situation for pitching, let me know your thoughts. I want to hear it. And, you know, last but not least, you know, uh, let me know what you think about that other thing I talked about that I don't remember. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all for listening. That's it for this episode of Jokestrap. Hopefully soon I'll be announcing some dates for some comedy shows. June 15th, California is supposed to reopen. We'll get some of our open mics back. I'll be able to get back out there. Hopefully do some shows and try to get back in the swing of things. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see that happen. Take care, everybody. Until next time, later.